in the world of the 24-hour news cycle, where every story is given the same amount of urgency and magnitude, one podcast dares to say, uh, hold on just a second. This week and every week, we look back at the headlines, moments, and trends from six months ago, and we ask our panel, let's process this. I'm your host, Chris Pappas. Welcome back, listeners, to this week's episode of Let's Process This. We have two amazing comedians who are joining us this week. Brand new to the show, we have Bobby Hankinson and Carolina Teresa. So, two incredible comedians. Bobby is a Brooklyn-based writer, comedian, creative, and functional bravo-holic. He is the host of the long-running queer comedy showcase, Queendom, at Pete's Candy Store, and the editor of Welcome to Queendom, a collection of essays by LGBTQ plus writers and comedians with a forward by Alan Cumming. Carolina Teresa is a New York-based comedian, a Queens native who has been featured in Days Magazine and a tour member of Awkward Sex in the City. I want to welcome you both to the show. Thank you so much for being here. We are going to kick things off as we do every week with our first section, which is Chronically Online, where we ask our guests to bring something in from their side of the algorithm and share it with us to tell us a little bit about themselves. We'll start with Bobby. Uh, So Bobby, what have you brought in from your algorithm this week? Okay. So my algorithm is usually pretty predictable. It's usually just hairy guys in jock straps bent over yoga balls. But uh, when something new comes in, it stands out like a sore thumb. Uh, and so as I mentioned, or you mentioned in my intro, I am a bravaholic. And folks just think that's TV, but it's actually like a full cinematic universe that extends to podcasts and substacks and series and books and BravoCon, which just happened in Vegas last weekend. So my feed is just sightings, news, artists, uh, depictions of this, um, <laughs> fan art made, things that have been bought and sold. And so I am just living in like an alternate universe where everything is bravo uh and i don't want to leave so it's all bravo all the time on your side of the internet that seems to be a lot of the internet (laughs) these days i feel like maybe it's because every all the the writer strike and the actor strike so suddenly we had a moment where reality television show was kind of the only new content that was popping out but also it feels like there's going to be a bit of a reality television show reckoning happening There's also that piece of it that came in the Vanity Fair article also dropped in the last week. So my feed is covered in discourse. Uh, Is Bethany Frankel the Mockingjay uh, or was it all a big nothing burger? Uh, And I think that most people are like, don't take the one good thing that makes me happy away from me. Um, And so I will not let Bethany do that to me. Honestly, that's fair. We might have to have you back on in six months to discuss that. All right. (laughs) And we'll head over to our second desk, Carolina. What did you bring in from your side of the Internet for us this week? Well, Jack Harlow has a new song, and I don't know if you guys know who Jack Harlow is, but he is a white rapper, and, you know, he's the young, new, hot white rapper, and he's got a new song. I don't know what it's called, but it goes, literally the first line of the song goes, I'm vanilla, baby. I'll choke you. And then something, something, something. So what's on my my feed right now is a lot of really cute white guys doing stuff and like dancing to that song is that is this a kind of like the the TikTok moment is this is this song yeah and i have fallen down this rabbit hole of just like attractive white man like 
dancing to this song. One guy even has like a Rubik's Cube and the girls are going crazy for him in his Rubik's Cube in the comments. Does he sell out the Rubik's Cube while listening to the no, song? He doesn't sell it. He's just like a really cute, nerdy white boy with like glasses. Very much my type before I got married. And yeah. We love a hot nerd with glasses. Truth. Truth. Amazing. Okay, the other one that's on my feed, I won't say BravoCon because, you know, Bobby just did BravoCon. But the other thing that was really popping for me today was Lori Harvey and Damson Idris broke up. Now, Lori Harvey, you guys don't know who that is. She is Steve Harvey's daughter. And she's dated, like, Damson Idris, which is... um. He's a British actor, Michael B. Jordan, future Puff Daddy, and allegedly Puff Daddy's son. Um, <laughs> okay? <laughs> uh, allegedly Puff Daddy's son as well. And a variety of, like, I think a couple more rappers, one really, really famous European soccer player, which we know the European soccer money is long. And Steve Harvey's her dad, and she's gorgeous. She hangs out with, like, Haley. Kylie, Kendall, you know, all the girls. She's one of the girls, one of the dolls. And she just broke up with her new boyfriend. And I think, and like a lot of women all over the world are, are like, she's our queen. Cause she just seems like she's a heartbreaker. She seems like she gets like the hottest fucking boyfriends. And then she's like, bye. And so that's another thing, the, the drama of her breaking up with him and you know, what happened? You gotta, you gotta kiss a lot of frogs before you find that prince, you know? <laughs> And it appears like she's kissing a lot of very rich frogs. <laughs> very rich Academy Award nominated frogs. Yeah, she frogs. only does rich frogs, which I respect. Yeah, no, you know, look, we live, we live when we live and where we live. <laughs> and you got to do what you got to do. Let's head into our first story of the night. Let's process this rarely steps into this space, but here we go. The wild world of sports. But of course, it will never be as simple as which team beat which team or making tired jokes about how we're going to watch a Beyonce concert at the football game tonight. We get it, Zane. I don't watch football either, but I have an Instagram account and I know you stole that joke. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to look at what happens when a brand goes from being an ally on paper to actually having to stand up for what's right. In May of 2023, the LA Dodgers announced they were going to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence at their annual Pride Night. But after backlash from conservative groups, they rescinded their invitation to the charitable organization. An organization whose mission it is to use humor and irreverent wit to expose the forces of bigotry, complacency, and guilt that chain the human spirit. So what do we think about this? Six months ago, Pride 2023, a major brand decides, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to disinvite the charity that we are going to honor because people might not like it. Yeah, uh, this is, you know, people are really feeling the backlash when we said, we said prove it. <laughs> say with your whole chest <laughs> you yes. know they're like we're allies we're here we're going to support this community and we're like are you sure i don't really know if we want all these bank floats here and they're like no sister girlfriend we got you yes slay and you're like all right and then push came to shove and suddenly everyone's pulling back and they're disinviting or targets moving their pride collection or uh bud light mm. is breaking up with you know dylan mulvaney we got all kinds of like 
backpedaling and backtracking that I think unfolds from this. But I, what I love about this one is that like it's literally like the like nuns. <laughs> it's like literally people dedicated to service. You're like, yeah, we we had to disinvite the really scary people that devote their entire lives to making the community better. <laughs> yeah, it it felt like Pride this year felt kind of more urgent than ever as the you know we we talk about the corporatization of pride and that kind of comes with with two different sides of the coin but it definitely felt like the corporations were definitely throwing us under the pride float faster this year than usual well i don't know anything about baseball i think baseball is the most boring sport in the world and you know i can't speak for the girls but I just kind of feel like we don't need them. It's disrespectful and we should never forgive them. I, I feel as though they have betrayed. And once you betray, you can never be forgiven. And it's rude, but not surprising. Like, I hear what you're saying, Bobby. I'm not surprised at all. Like, it's like, yeah, we're here for you. We're here for you. We're here for you. And then a couple of Christians thump a Bible and it's like, mm, no, I didn't know Christians watch baseball like that. Oh, yeah. No, anything where men are running around and in jock straps, Christians will be watching. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of the, you know, we have to find similarities where we can, you know, our shared experiences. <laughs> I live by the same creed. We're not that different, them and I. If there's jock straps involved, I'm also there. That's true. I know that's true about you, Bobby. <laughs> if they put on, if, if you put on the jock strap, they will come to paraphrase <laughs> Field of Dreams. That's what that movie's about, right? That is what that movie's about. It's about men in jock straps. <laughs> I've only seen the last clip of that movie where James Earl Jones is a ghost. That's all I know about that movie. What's interesting though is that the uh the Dodgers did give like a full-throated apology uh and re-invited the sisters back for Pride Night. And what I think was interesting was that the sisters did the Christian thing of basically saying, We sat down and we had a real heart to heart about this, and basically they made them put their money where their mouth was and said, you know, we can forgive you this time, but we're not going to forget, forget this. And if you're going to be an ally, you have to be an ally full throatedly moving forward, which I think, which I find interesting because yeah, a lot of times it's just kind of like, we get that corporate, here's our response. Never talk to us about this again. Slap a rainbow on a press release and call it a day. Do they, how much money do they give them? I, I, that I do not know. That I do, that I do not know. I just, I know that they, they, let me see what the official. Because they were honoring them with an award and they were also doing, I believe it was like an LGBT pride night. Yes. Um, and then the partner organization they were working with pulled out. And like, that's the thing. At the end of the day, like, that's why they're good Christian ladies. And I am not these nuns. I am no nun myself. Uh, and I think the Dodgers can go rightly fuck themselves. Uh, and I think that like you can ask people back and whatever, but like now once you show your true colors, like you can't put that genie back in the bottle. And if it takes mm -hmm. keeping a, a, a little high heel shoe on their throat to keep them to keep the money coming at least, then we take what we need from them and then show them the door and not and not a second thought more. Uh, and like I think they really everyone showed their true colors. And if change is gonna, you know. There is something to be said for having this big platform and making sure like and tapping and finding people wherever they may be. Um, and I think a lot of times that comes from the players from these things. The NHL had another like a similar more recently yeah. uh, kind of situation with the pride tape, which was banned on sticks and a player defied the ban. And, you know, I think they sort of then helped kind of push that forward, uh, which feels like an extension of this. I think I didn't know that about the, the NHL. 
I said, well, good for him, whoever the player was. Yeah, they uh, the NHL recently banned literally, literally all it was was rainbow tape on the hockey stick. They they were like, no, you can't do that. And then the players just did it anyway um, because they were like, not on my ass. Yeah, basically. And you know, it's apparently, and from what from the another, you know, again, not a sports, not not a sports podcast, but this was a topic that I was actually looking about. I like wrote down to talk about in six months because the NHL is actually pretty well known for being pretty progressive when it comes to like LGBTQ policies and things like that. Like basically they were like the only sport that was like, we don't have any out players, but when we do, it's fine. (laughs) We will at least create the environment where it's possible. There was one that used to always be, not to bring it back to Bravo. That was like friends with Andy Cohen became like a fashion person who was, ah, there was a big famous hockey guy. who was like, obviously so hot, Um, but he was like a, he became some sort of like a fashion David Beckham sort of figure. The only one I know is Uh, Gus Kenworthy, and he is not a hockey player. He is not a hockey player. (laughs) He is an Olympic, I believe, skier? Snowboarder. Snowboarder. Snowboarder? That sounds right. He definitely got snowboarder vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you search snowboarder on Xtube, it'd look like, that's where you'd find. That's (laughs) That's where you'd get guys like him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is slightly off topic, but they recently put an Instagram reel of his in my feed, and it was like him just like looking into the camera and then taking off his shirt, and I was like, you are an Olympian. <laughs> so you have a gold medal. Uh, yeah, or at least a, at least a bronze. Like, is so that? What does that mean? He, so he shouldn't do that. It's just like, don't you have anything else to do? No, he's a gold medal. What's he gonna go do? Work at a regular job? <laughs> no, he's gonna show that body for some coins for the light. I mean, fair. That's what we're all doing. <laughs> That's what I mean. Even with a gold medal, it doesn't it doesn't scratch that itch. It doesn't you still feel that that validation, that need for that need <laughs> yeah, for validation that is still there. <laughs> Looking back at at Pride this past year, what do do y'all feel? Did y'all feel like it was different this year than it was kind of in previous? I mean, obviously, the last couple of years we've been dealing very much like it's been kind of very pandemic heavy, uh, but this is kind of the first post-COVID pride, did things feel different this year than they did previously, considering everything that was kind of going on uh, with this with this kind of corporate backlash? Yeah, I think we've even seen this like unfolding over years, even before this and even before the pandemic. Uh, when like World Pride came to New York, you know, it was such it was so over the top and so corporate heavy. And, you know, it sort of spawned, you know, this queer liberation march and sort of uh, response and sort of a brandless copless sort of alternative, which then, you know, of course, devolved into its own problems and things over the years. But there was already a movement into making sure to bring the politics back to Pride or keeping some of the like grosser, more opportunistic stuff out of Pride, uh, which was great and refreshing. Uh, But I think that's also was expedited with how urgently like the news has been changing outside uh making pride i think uh, politics more feeling more like severe and urgent as well like concurrently agreed i think the i i don't know if you have listened to the last couple episodes the only cop i want to see at any pride is that robot cop from the Times square uh <laughs> i'll also take sexy cops i'll take like i mean and not not a cop that is sexy but someone dressed as like a stripper Dr- just cop. just you know stripper what I mean? like clearly yeah yeah in hot pants only spandex um, every the badge is plastic. There are no guns. No guns. Yeah. No. Yeah. I agree. Well, I just went to my friend's house for Pride because I feel like the parade is not as much fun as it used to be. And I'm talking about like when I was in high school and in college, and this is unfortunately 
kind of a long time ago. Um, and it was just a totally different situation than it has become. Can we, are you, okay. That's so fabulous. I'd like, rather just drink at my friend's house. You, you grew up, you grew up, uh, in Queens. So can you, do you, do you have any memories of like, kind of like going to pride in New York those first couple of times? Yeah. I mean, I remember going to pride when I was younger with my mom once and then like with my friends and it was just a lot more free. Do you know what I mean? Like it was a lot more free. It was a lot more fun. It was less, mind you, I mean, I was young. So during high school, I couldn't go to like bars or anything. I honestly really could just go watch the parade. Um, and it was just like more exciting, more, and maybe it's because I was younger and it was like more fascinating then, but I, I don't know, just the energy there. It felt like more of like a, we're all here to celebrate our freedom. We're all here to celebrate each other and be fabulous more of like a more daring brave thing to do whereas like now it's just like for me it feels very like everything is for the look everything is for the aesthetic everything is for like i don't know it's not really giving the way that it used to give it feels more performative top to bottom than yeah. it did when we were in high school for example a hundred percent way more performative but it's always a good time yeah it's always going to be a good time and it needs to be there but it is just worth noting these differences and these changes that happen over the years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the one thing about corporations and pride that I will maintain is that I think if a company has pride merchandise um, or anything like that, I should be able to shoplift one item. And that's something that I do at Target every year for pride is that I will go and I will steal exactly one thing from the pride collection at self-checkout and I will not pay for it. And that is my right as a queer American. If the police are listening, I have Bobby's address as well. <laughs> As we head into the holiday season, and while we are celebrating the release of Cher's new Christmas album, it's also time for reflection. And I want to take a moment to look back at the gift that keeps on giving all year long. In fact, this gift has been giving since December of 2022. The gift? That would be the Human Jelly of the Month Club, Republican Congressman from New York's 3rd District, George Santos. In May of 2023, Congressman Santos was charged with 13 federal crimes brought against him. He might have girl-bossed, gaslit, kept his way all the way to Congress, but maybe he should have been a bit more specific with his manifestation dream board. 13 federal charges against the congressman from New York City. I mean, you hate to blame the victim, but I will never understand why Democrats didn't at least Google this man before they before anything <laughs> that's the thing everyone's so like what how did he why did he what should we do about him and i'm like bigger question how did we let this happen <laughs> like, i'm actually you know what like i understand why he did and how he did what he did of course i if you can get away with it if i knew you could do that i would have been doing this the whole time you shoplift <laughs> one item easy. a year and that's you're <laughs> yeah, like i you know i right? know that's it that's all i can do Look, i got that's... that one rainbow romper for free and i was like i feel so alive i can do anything um i could lie my way to congress um that's what i think though we need to be asking like who let this happen like who else was asleep at the wheel and we should instead of punishing George Santos, I which feel like this really always fun. happens. This always, I mean, he did this, but like, what about that other lady who got caught in what was she watching? Cat? Oh, <laughs> Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I don't know how this connects, but I love it. 
it connects to me because I just feel like no one's doing their research on who we're electing <laughs> or putting forward. I mean, the number one, again, not to, I hate to do Eric this. Eric Adams is popping to bottles in the club with Cara Delevingne. <laughs> The, 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 the number one Republican nominee is just not going to the debates. It's just like, we don't even have to hear you exchange ideas. Attempt to. While he has 91 <laughs> federal charges against him. Yeah. And it's and we're just like, yeah. And it's like, we're all just accepting like, yeah, no, he's just going to be on the ballot. And I'm like, what? How? We all decided we could opt out of like all these things. Like George Santos is a representative. He misrepresented. It's in the job name. He's a representative. <laughs> he needs to represent. Uh, and he misrepresented himself, but we're still like, and he's still there collecting a check. I think he gets a pension too. Maybe they'll be able to take that away from him, but I'm not sure. But I think he gets a pension. They just survived the vote recently. So as this like still plays out, they weren't able to like vote him out um despite some of them trying but they're waiting to see how the you know these charges that he is pled six months ago not guilty to um play out in a court of law yes i want to i want to go back to what carolina just said a second ago she said this uh this is always happening can you can you uh expand on that a little bit why do you feel this is always happening is this something do you feel like you can never turn on the news and just be like and be like there's no one we can trust some days well obviously but i don't trust anyone anywhere anytime but yeah i mean it's just like you can never be surprised it's like you can literally list it's like we as americans sometimes it's just like girl when the rest of the world's laughing at us it's like you can't be mad at us like do you remember when arnold schwarzenegger was the the what was he the governor of governor. los angeles governor of california california does that make any sense to you and truly i i recently read like uh because i guess he has like, does he have, like a memoir that came out i think he has like a memoir that's coming out or came out recently i feel like i've heard his name more recently yeah he was been like in the news recently that like it turns out actually he was pretty good at the job like i mean again i'm not getting and i don't please don't quote me on that that's not like i'm not co-signing i'm just saying that i believe the overall narrative that he was surprisingly uh competent and moderate and like reasonable and he's like a a model in some ways which is crazy because he also was in last action hero <laughs> also Jing the star of jingle all the way it's just very hard for me to take people seriously i mean i don't know whether or not he was a good governor i don't live in la but it's just like people that i wouldn't take seriously can just run shit in this country like donald trump was our president George Santos is a mess. Like all of this, and it's just like all happening. What, what was her name? Sarah Palin. Oh my God! How dare you? <laughs> I'm having. Oh, Triggered. I'm having. I'm having flashbacks now. Uh, yeah. Oh no. I mean, it, I mean, it, the lady that said that she could see Russia from her back door. Yeah. It, Sarah Palin really did feel like a cultural reset. She lived in Alaska. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you want to, you're like, what people, I'm like, I could probably keep going if I put my brain to work a little harder. I was like, you probably wouldn't even have to work that hard. It's crazy. And I think, I think that's kind of what is so frustrating is because it's like, there are the people who are not serious have the loudest voices. And it's like, there clearly are people who are 
in elected positions who are doing their job. There are people in Washington. And this is why you got to stop self-doubting yourself. This is why you got to stop self-doubting yourself and just fake it till you make it and be confident. Because look at all these crazy people who are so loud and proud and wrong. And then I say this to myself all the time. I'm like, look at all these crazy people who are so loud and proud and wrong. And I'm sitting here doubting whether or not I can do this or that. Or if I look, you know what I mean? Like, come on. And you're here quietly and humbly being right. <laughs> That's her brand. A word, yeah. I know. But that's the same thing. Like, kind of on the other hand, with George Santos, there is something sort of beautiful about this idea that, like, it does. You do have to ask yourself, like, all these things that we have stacked up as like measures of achievement and qualification. Because, like, look at all these real ass old dudes that really went to Harvard or whatever, or really were Wall Street jerk offs. You know what I mean? And like, but they really did all that shit, and they're still terrible at this job. So, like, you know what? Like, whatever. Who cares? And like, we know that like none of that stuff is like an actual reflection of competence. It's, like all so much like luck and privilege and access and so for this person with nothing mm -hmm. to kind of like get there on a dream and a, and a tail that there's something to that which is not saying again just you know other side you there is like a little something like to it George yeah, like believes in himself i mean there's a reason why i made the manifesting joke at the beginning of this like i was like this man this man had a vision board he put it all on there none of it was real but that didn't matter <laughs> Are we all coming out of this George Santos fans? We just all have to start embodying that mentality. <laughs> but hopefully, but I, I, would, I would like to clarify, but embody that mentality, but also do your best not to break laws. <laughs> yeah, do your best not to break laws. And also like maybe don't claim that you have connections to the Holocaust. Or like, just or, probably like also not a great, you know survivor thing too. Yeah. yeah don't yeah. do anything offensive, but don't do anything offensive, but it's okay to lie, steal, and cheat. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely scam. Get out there and scam people. Get scam, okay? It doesn't matter how you got there. It just matters that you got there. It's true. I was just having this conversation this morning with a coworker of mine where I just I legitimately asked the question. I was like, is everything a fucking scam now? It's just everything is scam. Everything's a scam now. But also, you could scam. If you haven't started scamming, I highly recommend it. <laughs> like, everything is, especially, because, like, first of all, like, Goldman Sachs is unscammable. You know what I mean? Lie about it. They have thousands of employees. They have no idea if you work there. Same thing with, like, McKinsey. Sure, I worked at McKinsey. We all worked at McKinsey. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. This just from, okay, this is really low-stake scamming. But we would, in college, we would, we would put each other on our resumes as references for restaurants so that yes. like when somebody would call from the restaurant I'd be like oh yeah they're great they're a great employee mm -hmm. great you're gonna work at the olive garden on broad street in philadelphia um but it's like you needed people needed jobs and they didn't have references <laughs> so we made them up i've never done this i don't know anyone personally who'd done this maybe i read about it on a reddit forum or something but you know how sometimes they ask for like apartments to like give you documents and things like that they're landlords they don't know they don't have any authority right yeah. they don't really they really can't do anything so there's really no stakes um so i always kind of like thought about that uh but i think low level scams is like how we basically have to live now because as you said everything is a high level scam <laughs> They're like, take advantage of us. So we must scam the scammers, I believe. So we have to take advantage of them. And honestly, so maybe is George Santos uh, like uh, leading the charge? Is George Santos <laughs> and a pioneer entering my scam era? Have <laughs> we now moved into this territory where, where this, this podcast believes that George Santos might be an American folk hero? I mean, he is the kind of person that like, 
50 years, like 150 years ago, you would have like written like a three or like a six verse like ballad about. Exactly. And now he's not even going to be in the history books. He should be in the history books oh. as a warning. Okay. I'm going to bring it back very old school. This is, I might, I'm going to show my age here. Um, but do you guys remember the hipster grifter? story from like the early 2000s that that sounds like, there was really a big familiar. gawker story Go. it was such a big gawker story that both high maintenance did an episode inspired by it uh and so did law and order svu so it became like a big or law, one of the law and orders um it was like a big news basically this girl um scammed all of these like hipsters into like letting her, her live at their apartment and like get up give all this take all this money and like do all this stuff and she was just like a hot cool girl and like she didn't do it it wasn't illegal i don't think she don't quote me on that but basically the whole <laughs> thing was like she is kind of like a, a same thing like a little bit of a folk hero that she like yeah scandal these like r this was very like proto williamsburg pre-girls you know what i mean sort of like right mm -hmm. before that moment like this was the world that girls was <laughs> embodying or just for trying to portray for performing um this girl was like she had a carano bull haircut like a bunch of tattoos and she just basically scammed and she had these like hilarious text messages and stuff that she would send these guys to like seduce them and you should definitely like it's got to be out there in the google somewhere but hipster grifter hipster classic grifter. scammer um and also someone that i, I, I low-key kind of admire i wonder what she's doing now i hope she's okay uh, yeah that's she probably like she probably like runs like a like a dairy in upstate at this point or I she's like she's her. like selling jams <laughs> She's selling jams at a farmer's market. Definitely. Or the cannabis. Or she has like a, she definitely, or she was like an early investor in like THC. You know She's, what I mean? She got one of those licenses. She just cut mm -hmm. the line. She got one of those licenses before, before any of our for veterans sure. did. Yeah, absolutely. She grifted her way right there. That's why she was grifting because she needed money. She needed startup money. She needed seed money for her business. And that's honorable. For literal seeds. For our super secret topic, we head into the woods of New Jersey. If you're anything like me, dear listeners, you spend way more time than you care to admit listening to podcasts about supernatural stories. And while the Jersey Devil and Mantis Man are two of the more bizarre things work lurking around the Garden State, this story from 2023 took the internet by storm. We have an update on that strange case of pasta dumping in New Jersey. Authorities have decided they will not file charges against the man who dumped 500 pounds of uncooked noodles hmm. in the woods in Old Bridge. Giant piles of pasta stretched for more than 25 feet in the wooded area earlier this month. Community advocates say the unidentified man who did this has a history of mental illness. All right. So final top evening, 500 pounds of uncooked pasta dumped unceremoniously in the woods of New Jersey. And people think that living in New York City is crazy. A couple things. First Don't. of all, like, he's experienced a lot of mental problems. And I, honestly, I want to, I would like to say, I would like to be like, are you, are you able to, to hire? I mean, like the kind of project management that that would take to do, to acquire 500 pounds of uncooked pasta and relocate it like that, like that took some planning. That probably took, that was like a project. I'd like to see how that came together. Uh, it's definitely like a performance art piece. Yes, I agree. It, it, the, the story raises more questions than it gives answers because right. It's like a five, like five. It's like pasta comes in individual boxes. Where did all the boxes go? This has been New York city. It would have been like, okay, so 500 pounds of pasta fell off the back of a truck. We know where this comes from, but it's like 500 pounds of different shapes of pasta sans boxes, sans, which means all of those packages went somewhere and 500 pounds of, of, 
packaging is also somewhere. Well, I want to know how they found him. How did they find him? For, okay, from what I understand, this this was this was a this was a creek by a residential area, uh, and from mm-hmm. what I understand, basically it was kind of a Hansel and Gretel situation. Uh, there was a trail of pasta leading back to the. Uh, <laughs> back to the house <laughs> i love that i feel like an old-timey detective with this one like an old cop show where it's like all right so we know how you got it there we know where you got it but what we just can't figure out is why'd you do it why'd you like do that's it? all i want to like yeah. why'd you do it i wonder what the intention was behind it other than like he's like i don't want to do carbs anymore <laughs> yeah look i've been there <laughs> I've been there, uh, but still, what to to bring it to a place? And it looks almost ritualistic, spaghetti monster worship. Do y'all remember anything from when you were when you were growing up that was just like a a weird thing a neighbor did that like not again? We're not talking about like breaking the law here. It's just kind of just like a weird or like a weird story from where when you grew up that was like a weird urban legend uh, or news story hard for me because i'm from queens and i feel like so much happened i just don't remember i can't think of anything in my specific like my block like my neighbor specifically i mean if anything my family would be the the weird neighbors because i was gonna say like i was the weird one so how did y'all terrorize each other's family no 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 it wasn't me my dad has all these like my dad's hobby is building robots and radios and he loves satellites and stuff and like he was literally he um, my house has all these satellites on the roof and like wires going in from the attic and like it was just my house was the weird crazy looking house because it was like what's happening on the roof when i i don't mean like what a dish satellite i mean like satellites that my father made (laughs) and then put up there multiples of them and then like things sticking out the window like that we were the like we i think probably we were the weird one it's it's good to be able to have that kind of reflection it's like so i'm i'm imagining so i'm i'm very imagine, much imagining si- the movie signs just <laughs> that that family so was it so it was just your dad's but it was just your dad's hobby of just like i he i build radios was he listening for anything specifically or was it just kind of like what he did no he i don't think he was listening to anything specifically he just was like it's a hobby people do have this hobby and like let's say we went on vacation and we went on like a cruise or something my dad would bring all his radios and his satellites and like his batteries and like all this stuff with us like we'll go to the airport and the people in the airport would be like what who is this man and like one time we were on a cruise and he walked by me and my cousin turned to some guy that we just met and he goes that's my uncle dallas he got lots of batteries (laughs) he goes if the ship goes down my uncle dallas gonna save us with his satellites i mean he's ready to send out that (laughs) sos district yeah no that that's and that's you know he's an engineer he's an electrical engineer so he just likes these kinds of things that's that's amazing just like no he's not hurting anyone he's he's doing what he loves what he loves that's a that's great. And Bobby, you said you were probably that neighbor in your your world as well. Oh, for sure. I was definitely like deep in like a hot topic place, um, right around <laughs> like the time of Columbine, and I think it made people a little nervous uh, because you know there was a lot of like uh, 
black and pleather overlap that I think uh, was sending some wrong signals. So I for sure like legitimately was once called to the office because someone thought I was putting a spell on someone in like seventh or eighth grade. I was like that girl. Like it literally was uh, the craft. That was me. Um, <laughs> she was light as a feather, <laughs> stiff as a board, light as a feather. <laughs> me and Nev and Faruza Balk just <laughs> casting Conjuring. Spells. Casual conjuring. <laughs> Having to be like, truly, I feel like, honestly, the guidance counselor asked me as if it was like a question, like, well, were you? <laughs> it's like, First of all, do I not come after my magic? religion. No. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bitch, I might have been. Yeah, you're like, you're like, yeah, I was, I was cursing these people, but like cursing them out, <laughs> like putting a spell yeah. on them. But that's how small town zero horse that was, that they were like. Where, where did you grow up? Honestly, I grew up um, in the Hudson Valley in a little in a town called. So, actually, do you know where the Woodbury Common Outlet Mall is? Like forty minutes outside of the city. Yes, actually, weirdly yeah. enough, I do. <laughs> My I high do. school was across the street from there. Oh, okay. Yes, and then so I was all in the in that little town. Um, well, there was nothing but. Uh, I think uh, someone said recently, "There's nothing but uh, uh, diners and off-track betting windows." That's it. That's all we had. So. <laughs> I, so I grew up, when I grew up, I went to Damn. a very small elementary school in my neighborhood. And then I, I uh, went to the big public high school. Uh, so as I went to the big public high school, I like for the first time was like meeting the kids who lived in my neighborhood. And I found out that I lived in the scary house at the end of the road that everybody talked about. <laughs> and as like, and people were like, oh, you live in that house? I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, there's, yeah, we li it's like, there's nothing weird about our house. It's yeah, just, we just call the, it the house. It's yeah. just a house at the end of a dead end. It's like at the end of a dead end street. So it just naturally become because it's, it's, it's not the last house on the left it's the last house on the right, but we just be naturally became that house. Uh, and I, I like told my mom this and she, and she thought about it and she goes, we never get trick or treaters. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, everyone's afraid of our house. <laughs> and my uncle at one point stole a old uh, artillery shell from a civil war, from like a civil war exhibit. This is like way back in the day. So it was literally an artillery shell from the civil war. And we just had it sitting in our garage for years. Um, and then my dad decided one day that he was just like, I'm, I, I got to get rid of this thing. So he called somebody up about getting it thrown out. And too long didn't read version they literally sent the bomb squad to our house um because they were like that thing could explode and so oh my god this is just like Grey's anatomy we came, <laughs> so, we came, so we we came home and like the street we're like we're like oh what are all like what are all these emergency and it was just like and like we're like and, and again we're at the end of the road so we know what we know which house is coming <laughs> so we get there bomb squad fully surrounding our house, have the like robot like in our driveway, <laughs> like tapping at this thing. And they blew, they blew up the shell in like a little container in our driveway. First of all, I thought that was the coolest thing. And as a kid, I would've been like, whoa. We were, <laughs> we were in high school. So unfortunately at that point, it was like really embarrassing and cringe. Uh, very funny looking back on it, but like kind of not the thing. <laughs> 
you want to come home to when you're like 14, 15 years old. Uh, but now, now something we can all laugh about. It definitely would have melted for attention. You were almost pink mist. This is very, <laughs> you know, well, that's literally the story. Christina Ricci might have had to put her hand inside you. We were like, we were also, we were like, well, this shell was like literally like by the garage door for you. So we're, we're like, do you mean like this thing could have just like the garage door to come down on this thing and our house could have exploded? Like, Damn. we, we do believe that, that it, at, it, it was in fact, not ever any sort of a danger to us because it did get transported from South Carolina to Arkansas at some point. So it's like, no, at some point this thing would have just, this thing would have gone off. Uh, so, but yeah, you know, every now, you know, pasta in the woods, radios on your, radios on your, radios on your house, the hot topic, bomb squad. You know, we've all, we've all got our, we've all got our dramas. We've all got our own dramas at home. What would you have done if you found that pasta in the woods? That's what I kept thinking about. Like, would I, I like, I feel like if I would have come across 500 pounds of pasta in the woods, like my first thought wouldn't be, oh, I should call the authorities. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my first thought would be like, am I about to go on some kind of quest? <laughs> you know, like, oh, did something else weird happen? Am I in a different dimension? If you stumbled upon them in the woods, I wouldn't be like, something is amiss. I should call the police. <laughs> I would be like, I'm going to follow the trail of the pasta and see where it takes me. I would not. You would not. Oh, tell us about that. I'm from New York. I would see that pasta and walk right by it. Just <laughs> keep moving. Not, not my pasta not my problem i would i would literally walk by and be like that's a waste of food and keep it moving what see though in in new york it would just it would just be like a pop-up like immersive ad from ragu if it was in new york you gotta be in the woods we see in the woods yeah, like, man is, yes <laughs> i was i think the only reason why the authorities got involved in any way was in fact because nobody called them they just posted about it on facebook and eventually it just it just made the rounds that eventually it just got to the police department. They were like, I guess we should check this out. That's how you know it's a small town. It must be a small town because that means the police don't got nothing else to do. From what from what I read, basically they, they discovered it. They figured out what happened. And then uh, two people came in and, and uh, they, they bolt cleared it out in about two hours because the people who get rid of trash know what they're doing. Did they just put two people on either end, like a big piece of spaghetti, like Lady in the Trash? They just, <laughs> just, like, they just laid in the chairs. middle and kissed? Yeah. Yeah, right to the middle. That's what I wanted to see. Oh, oh. Oh, my God. They, they met on the job that day. <laughs> just they're married now. Punching in, like, another day on the job. Got to eat all this fucking pasta, you know. They had their, they had their reception at the Olive Garden. Just wait till they find the 500 pounds of breadsticks to go with it. We're going to head into our final section of the night where we ask our guests, have we processed this? So we're going to go back and review our three stories of the evening. Just ask our guests what we think about these stories six months later. All right, we'll start with our first story of the evening. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence versus the Dodgers at Pride. Have we processed this? Bobby, we'll start with you. I'm going to say, actually, no, we have not processed this. I think this is still playing out. And until I have received a personal apology from every single brand that is trying to profit off queer identity, um, I will consider this unprocessed. <laughs> and I'll have to process it on a case-by-case -case basis. So while I settle the score with the Dodgers, everyone else is still on notice. Amazing. Carolina. I think I agree. I was going to say I that if we processed it, but now that Bobby has said that, I said no. I don't agree. I mean, I don't think we processed it. I think that they owe us money. 
And maybe not us, because, you know, I'm not 100% a part of the community, but they owe y'all money, and you should get it. You know what? I literally, I, I have no reason to argue with that <laughs> that opinion. All right, heading on to our, sec our second story of the evening, George Santos charged with 13 federal crimes. Have we processed this? We'll start with Carolina on this one. I'm going to go with yes. I think we have processed it, and I think we processed it into a positive. We now know that yes, George Santos is a corrupt politician, but also an icon and aspirational speaker to 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 be, you know, quite frank. He is letting the world know you don't have to have all the money. You don't have to have all the education. All you have to have is an active imagination and you gotta learn how to sell yourself, okay? You gotta learn how to put yourself up for sale and really give it a go. Okay, in the words of Erica Jane from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I sold it. Beautiful. We'll pass it on over to you, Bobby. Have we processed this? I mean, agree. I think you're completely right. I can I, I echo everything Carolina says, and I think we have processed it. And what we've learned at the end is that we are actually all Stantos. You know what I mean? Like that we all stand this legend of he is an icon. Uh, and he is, I think, gonna be a great example for being unqualified <laughs> and pushing ahead anyway. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of a thing where, yeah, it, it is a, it is a kind of that double-edged sword of like, yeah, don't, don't commit massive crimes, but also, yeah, fake it till you make it. I mean, think about it, imposter syndrome. You know who doesn't have imposter syndrome? <laughs> George, George Santos. Santos. <laughs> if we could just have, if, if like genuinely good creative people could tap into like 1% of that energy, like where would we be all right and finally we're our final topic of the night 500 pounds of uncooked pasta dumped in the woods of new jersey have we processed this i'll bring it on back to bobby to wrap us up well i would like to bookend my time with you with another bravo reference uh because as they say on vanderpump rules it's not about the pasta. That's the thing. I want to know about the mental state. I want to know about the, the artist's vision, the artist's statement behind it. That's what I want. It's not about the pasta. So I would say this is not exactly processed for me yet. Is that something they say on that show? Um, so low-key, the again, from as I know from the Reddit boards and the word on the street and the blogs and the meta-universe, uh, they can't say cocaine on Vanderpump Rules. So as a code word, they say pasta. So it's like, hey, I bought all that pasta and then you ate all my pasta. Um, and remember, like you weren't going to have any pasta and then I bought pasta and then suddenly you wanted all of my pasta. Well, we found <laughs> out where all the pasta went. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's when I first saw 500 pounds of pasta, I was like, oh my God, someone tell some Tom Sandoval. <laughs> he's, he's over there doing push-ups in front of Jersey. it. I know, it's like cocaine bear. Tom except. Sandoval is definitely doing pasta. <laughs> All right, Carolina, how about you? Our final story of the night. Have you processed this? I've definitely processed this. I actually wish I never heard it before. I think it's so stupid i think that this man wasted a bunch of food and i hope he got arrested or or you know put you know got some medicine i think they did i think they they have they've gotten this Period. this man the hat the help that he needed all right everyone i want to thank our two guests bobby and carolina for joining us for this episode of process this we want to thank you all so much for tuning in and we will see you again in two weeks and until then please go touch some grass 
wonderful listeners. You've made it to our outro. You must be a fan, and we love it. If you want to help us out, go follow Let's Process This Pod on Instagram. And while you're at it, follow Alani Beha, who did the amazing portrait that you see in our show art. Links for both of those will be in the show notes. We also have an official Gmail account, so feel free to send us any stories that you think we will need to talk about in six months, and we'll give you a shout-out on the pod. And as always, make sure that you leave those five-star reviews to help other listeners find our show. We could not do it without you. 